0: Rub it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,215. Be prepared to be inspired. And today, we're going to go off-roading. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Parker, Arizona, with a very special guest. We're out in the dirt by the name of Jim Beaver. Jim, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch?
1: Uh, definitely ready to release the clutch. I've been driving uh, my Subaru uh, WRX STI the last few days, so uh, I'm definitely used to the stick shift nowadays. Nice,
0: nice. Those things are fun, especially when you get off pavement. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into this really fun world you've created for yourself, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about
1: Jim Beaver? Oh, I love to hear something they don't know. Uh, a few of my little... Probably know because we've dove into this topic a little bit here and there, but uh, a lot of people would be shocked to know I'm extremely introverted. And for somebody that does radio and TV for a living and does public appearances and speaking, you wouldn't realize that, but I am definitely extremely introverted. So, something people don't know about me, that would probably be it. What?
0: Now, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense at all with as much exposure as you've created for yourself and your brand and for other people. It begs me to ask because a lot of people are that way and it's hard for them to get past that what kinds of things did you do to overcome that situation
1: you know the thing i found out and it's like you know this is funny because i've done a lot of public speaking and it was like i was talking to somebody at the off-road hall of fame last year when i was doing that and you know and here i am in front of a room of 800 people you know in las vegas and and i'm basically the mc of the whole thing they go you know and i was- telling them, I said, to me, it's when I'm up on stage, I'm more comfortable than being in the audience because in the audience, I have to carry on a conversation with people. If I said I'm on stage, I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to converse. I can be me. Yes, I'm talking to 800 people, but I'm not really talking to them. You know what I mean? So right. to me, it's easier to be up there because they don't have to carry those personal conversations, things like that. It's funny. I was talking with, uh, we had a great show with uh, Leah Pruitt a couple of years ago, and she was one of the biggest names in drag racing, right? And uh, she was telling me, she goes, yeah, she goes, I'm completely introverted, just like you. She goes, I have to flip a switch when the camera goes on and bring this personality out. And she goes, As soon as the camera goes off, she goes, I flip the switch and I go back into being just Leah that wants to go sit in the corner. <laughs> there's a lot of us that have learned to flip the switch in this industry, but I think there's a lot more introverts than pe- people know.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I saw an interview with Jerry Seinfeld, and I have heard he doesn't really like to be approached by fans, he doesn't like to talk to fans. I've seen some talks where he even says that. He goes, I don't like to talk to people. And somebody says, well, wait a minute. You talk to people all the time. He goes, yeah, but when you're up on a stage you're not talking to a person you're talking to a field of almost things and they don't engage with you back so you don't have to interact you just project like when you're an MC. and i've done that i've done some public speaking and you're right it's kind of like that old thing pretend everybody's in their underwear and it'll put you at ease because you're not uh so that is the same kind of thing you're telling me and and i think that works for people and and then it slowly strikes starts to uh translate into one-on-one and helps you be better with people one-on-one right
1: yeah, and I, you know, and I have no problem talking with people. I love talking with people and things like that. Sometimes I, I go into my shell and not on purpose. I'll just sit back and listen to conversations happening at a table and there'll be five or six people and then I'll snap out of it and go, Oh, I should be conversing here. And I'm just sitting listening, and it's like I'm not adding anything to it. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to be extroverted, Jim. Let's let's bring that guy out of shell and engage in this conversation. It's not that I'm not engaged, I'm listening. It's just I'm not responding or talking and, and I'm like, oh, I can't be the shy guy in the corner. We need to talk. We need to add to this.
0: So, Listening is a great talent as well. you learn a lot more that way than speaking, so that's for sure. Well, let me get into your world because you've created quite a life for yourself around your passion. Jim Beaver is the president of JB15 Group, a full-service media, PR, marketing, branding, and motorsports agency representing some of the top athletes and brands in the world. He's a third-generation driver who races as a factory support for UTV driver in off-road racing and formerly raced trophy trucks. Those monsters. He was the creator of the RZR star Star Car Program, where he brought celebrity teams to desert races while exposing them to the off road culture and helping grow the sport. Jim brings off road to the masses through the General Tire Jim Beaver Show, formerly known as the Down and Dirty Radio Show. The show airs on Sirius XM, 200 AM FM networks in the United States, and 500 networks in 177 countries on the American Forces Network globally. Jim is also a franchised e-NASCAR owner and owns the Jim Beaver Esports eShort Course Triple Crown and World Cup that airs on CBS Sports. He is also an accomplished television host and was the voice of multiple racing series. So no shy guy here today. We'll come back to Jim in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. They keep the fuel in the tanks here, so sit tight, buckle up. We're going to have some fun. We'll be right back. I've enjoyed the quality and variety of Lloyd's floor mats for decades now and I'm super excited to report that Lloyd's mat store is now part of the Covercraft family of products. Car care that protects the things that move you. Lloyd's floor mats are the ultimate in quality and fit with carpet mats, all-weather mats, velour tex, berber, classic loop carpet, and they're proudly made ...in the USA. They're designed and sewn with the highest of quality... ...and offer custom fitment for almost any vehicle. There's a wide variety of styles, fabrics, and colors to choose from... ...and hundreds of licensed logos as well. Protect your vehicle's factory carpets from moisture, dirt, mud, snow, slush... Anything that Mother Nature can throw your way, all of your options are quality made, easy to clean, they secure to the floor, and they look oh so good. Check out Lloyd's Mat Store for a wide variety of styles, colors, and options for your vehicle today. And I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, C-A-R-S-Y-E-A-H, at Lloyd's Mat Store.com, you'll get $10 off. Just use the code CARSYEAH at L-L-O-Y-D. M A T S S T O R E dot com, Lloyds Matstore dot com, Covercraft and Lloyd's Mats, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collector's Insurance. He said While I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance. Designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. I've teamed up with Auto Geek because... Well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from Auto Geek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove and provides up to 90 days of protection again. Against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to AutoGeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. AutoGeek.net, that's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So, Jim, uh, let's go back a bit to the beginning before we dive into what you're doing today. What brought you to this field of off-road racing? And, I mean, you do so many things. Do you ever sleep?
1: Well, I guess the easiest thing, no, I don't sleep. And even (laughs) when I sleep, I don't sleep because my mind's always spinning with projects and ideas and, and things like that. But. What brought me to it? I mean, I've been involved in racing my entire life. My grandpa is one of the most accomplished boat racers of all time. He's in the Boat Racing Hall of Fame. My dad got into off-road because my grandpa, after he'd retired from racing, he had some drivers and my dad was training to be a a boat racing driver. And one of my grandpa's drivers got killed in a boat racing accident. Total fluke deal. And he just goes, you know what? Boat racing's too dangerous. We're out. And uh, about that time, uh, off-road was kind of starting to take off in Parker. And and, uh, there's a big story behind that, but uh, that would take an hour to talk about. But my dad (laughs) Into off road racing. And so that was early 70s. And, you know, Mickey Thompson, Bill Strop, all these people were involved in it. My dad, you know, got surrounded by some amazing people because my grandpa knew them through boat racing. And so he got in there and, you know, early 80s. I was born in 1980 and my dad was racing. So, I mean, we got pictures of me at the off road track when I was literally like a couple weeks old, things like that. And so I, I kind of grew up in it. And, uh, you know, obviously when I became of age, my dad uh, let me start racing with him a little bit and, and driving some of his vehicles and, uh, I, you know, got to a point where, you you know, I'm in my early twenties, mid twenties, and uh then I found out racing's expensive and dad's not gonna pay for everything forever. <laughs> yeah. Got to one of those things where, hey, how how can I make a living at racing? And uh how do I get this thing funded? And to me, it was just I I wanted an excuse to go racing. And so uh I had been on a radio show, uh, we're talking uh late 2000s, and I actually, my sponsor go, hey, we got some value out of that 20 minutes on that radio show. I was like, oh, okay, all right. So if you got value out of me doing it for 20 minutes, if I hosted the whole show and owned all the commercial rights to it, I'm like, hmm. You, you probably get a whole lot of value. <laughs> the light bulb moment. Yeah, and, and this is when we're talking 2011 by the time I kind of launched my my show and it was horrible when I started. It was absolutely just horrendous. I listened to that first episode. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I ever get to episode number two? Practice. <laughs> yeah, we had 27 people tune into the first episode. I think it was just to see me fall on my face. But things went from there and took off. Is you know, And that's another story in itself. But started out with that and uh, we called it a radio show. It was really kind of a podcast at the time. But podcast. Podcasting was so early, nobody wanted to invest in podcasting. Now it's the opposite. You know, you say radio, now I want to get involved in a podcast. Back then, you say podcast, no, we only invest in radio shows. So I called it a radio show, even though it was a podcast. Okay. Yeah. Podcast nobody wanted to touch at that point. Yeah. And I mean, fast forward what 12 years later now and uh We're still cranking and things have gone from just me doing 45 minutes to an hour once a week to multiple shows and television and this whole media and marketing company. And I've just been very, very fortunate in my life and a lot of times the right place at the right time and met a lot of amazing people who've helped out along the way.
0: Well, it sounds like you've uh, discovered the secret sauce to combining your passion into your career. And I'm not a big believer in luck. I think it's when uh, you observe and you see opportunity and you're ready for it and you jump on it. And it sounds like that's what you've done. I mean, your voice is heard in so many places and all over the world, which is really cool. But I want to get back a little bit to the different things that you do within your business because I love entrepreneurship. I love people that have businesses in the automotive sector. Of course, I've interviewed thousands of them. So can you talk a little bit about JB 15 group and all the different things that you do for your clients?
1: It's multifaceted because I'm involved. Personally, I'm involved in racing, podcasting, television, esports, things like that. So the answer is yes. (laughs) What do we do for our, what do you need? Yes. Because we've got all these assets. So there's certain clients where we just handle their social media. Other clients we just handle their their press releases and their email. We've got certain clients where they've basically taken their entire marketing department and farmed it out to us. We handle budgets, events, sponsorships, social media, email, advertising everything for them. And uh, they've just basically, they don't have a marketing department. They farm it out to me and my team. We've done some athlete representation agency work uh, in the past, negotiating contracts, things like that. Some people need simply just a marketing deck and we'll help them with a marketing deck. We've got people that we help produce their podcasts. We're kind of all over the board and we've got uh, some amazing people that work for our organization that have been around the industry for a very long time. So we kind of like to say we're a full stop shop, whatever, whatever you need, we can probably do it. And if we can't, we'll tell you, but we'll refer to you to some who can.
0: So this explains why you don't sleep. You are a busy guy doing so many different things. And you still love to do racing too, right?
1: Yeah, I still uh, love racing. That's what started this whole thing was me and my racing addiction and how can I do it more? And what do they say when a hobby turns into a business? Yeah, that, such is the case here. But yeah, it's it's been phenomenal. I still race quite a bit. Uh, we, we made a big transition with manufacturers this year from uh, Polaris to Kawasaki. So I've only raced twice this year. Got some new race cars, some new stuff we've got in the works. Had a phenomenal year last year i can't remember something like five or six podiums in the last year and a half and uh win second in the championship last year so uh yeah we i think one of our two races this year we're second place sixth overall so still love racing uh still enjoy it hopefully uh 2023 we get back to doing a little bit more but uh you know one of the big things in in our industry is the companies are switching from hardcore racing to more lifestyle content Everything's about lifestyle, you know, and the automotive lifestyle and and things like that. It's got to the point where, you know, the whole race on Saturday, race on Sunday, sell on Monday thing isn't quite holding true as much as it used to be. It's influencers being in cars and out enjoying life because more people can associate with that. Not everybody can race, but everybody can go out on a Sunday drive through the canyons. You know, Yeah, it's been an interesting shift we've seen in the industry. And I think a lot stems from COVID because there was no racing in COVID. So everybody just went outside and started enjoying life. And we've had that kind of carryover since COVID where people are still doing that, you know, and it's, it's kind of an interesting shift we've seen in the automotive industry and the race industry.
0: yeah, COVID changed a lot of things in so many ways. And in some ways, it brought new opportunity and gave people a chance to reevaluate and look at what they were doing. So there was some positive there, a lot more negative, but we'll focus on the positive. And for people that might not understand the kind of racing you do, can you describe what it is you've raced, for instance, this year, last year, what kind of vehicles you're running and
1: where you're racing? We run UTVs. In the past, it's been a Polaris Razor. Now it's going to be a Kawasaki KRX. Mm-hmm. Uh, UTV, uh, it's a desert race. So I've raced Baja 500 down in Mexico. Baja 1000 is happening this weekend. Obviously, it'll be last weekend when this airs. But uh, Vegas Torino, the Mint 400, long-form desert races anywhere from 100 miles to five, six, seven hundred miles in length. So I, that's what I've grown up doing. Uh, you know, in the past, I've raced trophy trucks, which are eight, nine hundred horsepower, thirty-six inches of wheel travel. I enjoy it. I've done a little bit of the short course stuff. It's fun, but I'd much rather race for eight hours than thirty minutes. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not. Not for everybody, but it's what I grew up doing, and I still enjoy enjoy it completely.
0: Oh no, kidding! Yeah, it's just it's so cool. Well, I want to ask about what I call has been a real driving inspiration. You touched on family, which definitely put that DNA
1: motor oil in your veins.
0: Has there been somebody a key influencer, mentor, somebody that really has helped you along the way to get to where you are today?
1: Uh, I mean, I definitely have to say my dad. My dad still to this day is my best friend. And uh, we do a lot together. I mean, just, uh, you know, he's got a Ford dealership. It's been in the family for over 100 years, one of the oldest Ford dealerships. Uh-huh. Did you
0: say 100 years?
1: Yeah, it's been in the in the family for over 100 years. It's wow. one of the oldest dealerships in the country and he took that over and i saw kind of the entrepreneur spirit small town 4 dealer so business-wise i've been able to pick his brain racing obviously he grew up with his dad boat racing he's grown up racing i've learned so much about reading terrain things like that through my dad and he and i talk daily whether it be business racing Just life, one of those. We have our evening beer together and uh, kind of decompress and talk about things. And definitely, my dad uh, wouldn't be where I'm at without him. And in business, things have got a little rough for me here and there. uh, When you're trying to grow something, and obviously we're doing well now. But when things started out, you know, there was times where money was really tight and trying to get the business going. And my dad had kicked me a thousand bucks, you know, and say, "I'll pay me back later," you know, and things like that. Just so we had a little money in the bank and I could pay a couple bills and things like that. So, been a massive supporter of me.
0: Nice. You're very fortunate to have him in your life for sure. But you know that if somebody wanted to get into the field of racing, off-road racing at any level, how would you advise them to get started? Where does somebody go to learn more about all this and get involved?
1: More about off-road racing? Man, there's a lot of places to do it. I would definitely say before you go and decide to race, come out to a race. Desert racing is an interesting beast in its own. Definitely start out with something that's kind of a loop race, something like the Mint 400 or Laughlin but it definitely start out in one of the lower classes. Uh, a lot of people immediately go, they, they, they've they got a lot of money. They're wealthy. And, you know, you can go and start in a trophy truck if you want. That's one of the weird things about off-road. Zero experience. You can go all the way to the top class. NHRA doesn't allow you to go run a top fuel car uh, in your first race. IndyCar doesn't allow you to go run the Indianapolis 500 in your first race. You can't go run the Daytona 500 in your first stock car race. But in off-road, for some odd reason, we'll allow you to race a trophy truck.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you can afford it and build it, you can be here.
1: Yeah, if you've got a big enough checkbook, you can do whatever you want in off road. But I I steer people against that because they get into trouble real quick. And these are definitely uh, very high-end race vehicles. But, you know, there's some uh, stock UTV classes. There's some stock truck classes, some arrive-and-drive stuff that's phenomenal. It's an organization called Trophy Light that does uh, arrive-and-drive rentals. For a few thousand bucks, you can get behind the wheel of a truck. And it's like a miniature trophy truck. It's got a little four-cylinder engine. And the suspension and everything is the same. It's just miniaturized, so it doesn't go nearly, nearly anywhere close to as fast. But it still gives you the thrill of, uh, you know, driving a big truck. So uh, I would say, you know, there's definitely some places like that. But I'd say come out to a race. Enjoy it. Take it all in. Ask questions. People love answering the questions. Come out to one and take it all in and then get an idea of what you're in for and then go from there.
0: And talk to a lot of people, but we'd be remiss not to mention a mutual group that we've both been involved with is Dirt Fish up here in the Pacific Northwest. Is You can go to some of these rally schools, and I've had many rally school owners and people from across the country, and you can jump in a car and drive in the dirt and just kind of see what it's like. That's a fun thing to do, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Dirtfish has been a partner of mine for almost a decade now, and uh, it's an amazing place to go. I'm fortunate enough I get to go up there a couple times a year, and I love the Washington area, you know, up there outside of Seattle, but uh, Dirtfish is a great time. I mean, uh, they've got anywhere from half day to three days of training, and I've seen people that didn't even know how to drive a stick shift go in there, and all of a sudden, by the end of three days, they're threading the needle through a bunch of pine trees and stuff like that, doing stuff you never would have thought possible. You know, they've had everybody from 16 year olds to, uh, to women in their nineties go and and drive rally cars and things like that. So I would say if you want the thrill of racing to see if it's for you and you want to get a proper foundation of fundamentals, Dirtfish is definitely a great option.
0: Absolutely. I had uh, Steve Rimmer owns that company and I had his daughter Josie on the show here. Oh, gosh, I think it was uh, it was actually earlier this year, back in April. Uh, You can go back and listen to her talk about her involvement with Dirtfish, but you can look them up. They're easy to find. Uh, It's a great group to run with. We'll take a short break. Thank our sponsors. We come back. I've got some more questions for you, so sit tight. We'll be right back. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars. Yeah, for a couple of years now, well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or Type in Renew12 for two years, where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on CarShot. Yeah? He's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to LinkageMag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench in oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology, it's in high demand, you get paid really well, and you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. So, Jim, let's talk about obstacles. You talked about when you are starting a business and for yourself and for everybody, there's some tough times trying to figure out how to get through them. Can you talk about a time in your life when you faced a big challenge or failure? But more importantly, what was that really valuable lesson that you could look back and say, well, I'm kind of glad I went through that. That taught me some great things.
1: Well, I think you know the biggest thing in business, and it doesn't matter what business you're in. Biggest thing is, is I I have uh, something I like to say: adapt or die. It's one of those where I truly believe that I'm always looking where where's the next opportunity, things like that. Businesses that start out. Uh, regardless of what they do i i can almost guarantee you t- you know 5 years in 10 years in you're not doing things exactly the same way or you're not doing the same thing that you did when you started because industries change media changes consumers change products change things like that so i think you know one, one is always be on the lookout always adapt be aware of what's happening in in your given industry so you can make changes on the fly and you know i've always got one two three your plan like hey what what can we do next year to kind of expand? Or what do we see coming next year that we need to be aware of? And where do we think we should be three years from now? And what should we be doing three years from now that'll keep us current? So I think that's one of the big things. But I think, you know, this goes into challenge. I mean, gosh, when COVID hit, I think it was a challenge for everybody. And a lot of people got their heels. And uh, fortunately enough for us uh, and our, our organization, we had enough eggs in multiple baskets where when COVID hit, As nervous as I was, we actually, our company thrived during COVID. And, uh, you know, as bad as that was for everybody In the industry and people losing their lives and everything else that happened, our business was in a very good position with the different assets we had in place with esports and podcasting and television and things like that, where when nobody else could produce content, nobody else really had much, we were still able to continue to crank things out. And we actually grew uh, tremendously uh, during 2020 when COVID hit, just because we were so progressive in the way we looked ahead. It wasn't that we knew COVID was coming. It wasn't that anybody knew COVID was coming, but we had enough assets in place where we knew, hey, if something drastic happens and changes in industry, are we still going to be able to keep things afloat? And we had made those, we had made those kind of changes to our business and, and put enough eggs in various baskets. So when it did hit, we didn't know what was going to hit, but when it did, we were okay and we were still able to uh, be on our So I think that's one of the biggest things is just forward looking and don't rest on your heels. And, you know, I know a lot of people have the last couple of years had some great, great years, you know, and it's like, man, they're printing money, you know, real realtors, real estate's printing money. Everybody's making money, right? It's one of those where it's now we see potentially a recession coming, things like that. So as you made money, what did you do to prepare yourself for what's next? And I think that's one of the big things is always, uh, always preparing for what next, or as I like to say, adapt or die.
0: You know, I love the, the metaphor here, adapt or die, because it really relates to off-road racing. When you're racing off-road, most of the time you don't know what is quite coming next and you've got to adapt or die. Uh, oh, where did that boulder come from? Or where did that hill come from? or These whoopty dee weren't here last year. So there's a lot of correlation there to what you just said to business. And yeah, definitely. I saw the, a lot of people who I've had on the show during the COVID situation figured out alternate ways to stay in business, to do business and so forth. And uh, you mentioned printing money. We won't get into that too deep, but I think that's part of why we're in the trouble we are in now. Whenever you've got the government printing way too much money, guess what happens? So, Yeah. yeah. And you better be prepared because these recessions will come. I've lived through four or five of them now. They will come again in the future, so you always gotta be prepared. Great advice you've offered there. Bucket list items. If you look ahead, and you're a guy who likes to look ahead, any racer knows you've got to look way down the course. What's coming up in 2023? Do you have some great plans of some fun things you can share with us?
1: Man, um, we've got some fun projects. You know, obviously, people who follow me on Instagram know knows that uh, last well, I guess, two nights ago I was at the Whiskey Go Go in Hollywood. Um, when- iconic you know music venues in the entire world so i've always wanted to do a project there um so we're working on a potential project there to me just actually going and watching a show there is a bucket list then possibly doing a project at the whiskey a go-go to me it's just uh it's an iconic music venue and i love music so just being able to do a project there and possibly infuse automotive culture into hollywood and the you know rock and roll music scene is kind of fun so bucket list i've always wanted to go to the monaco grand prix i uh, can't say that i'm going this year because my my daughter graduates eighth grade during the Monaco Grand Prix, but that's definitely a bucket list, but I am planning on going to Goodwood, uh, the Goodwood Festival of Speed in the UK. And that's been a bucket list of mine for many, many years. So, um, definitely, definitely looking forward to going to Goodwood. Uh, there there's just so much. I mean, uh, I would love to go to the formula one race in Las Vegas. I've looked at ticket prices and hotel room. I'm going, yeah, this isn't going to happen. You know
0: that to me, uh, I, I saw that. I just went, this doesn't feel good at all. I mean, it seems like massive price gouging. And I did read something that, and you know this, being around racing, putting on a venue like that in a city like that is so expensive. I mean, so expensive. So I realize there's some costs there they've got to recoup, but I just found that to be utterly ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of me. I, I'm looking at it going, I I don't have a problem paying a premium for something that I view as a premium, but at the end of the day, that's just too much. It's and like going
0: come, out to eat at a five-star restaurant where your meal is $1,000, and you go, there's some point where it's just food,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. there's a difference in paying $100 for a meal and $1,000 for a meal. <laughs> yeah, you no know, kidding. <laughs> When I'm looking at the Monaco Grand Prix going, going to Monaco is actually cheaper than going to Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is two and a half hours from my house. We have a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good correlation. Well, yeah, all fun stuff. I mean, there's some great adventures looking ahead. And and I love your entire idea that you've always got to be looking way down the road. Not only next year, but maybe three years so you can start to build towards that. So uh, a lot of fun coming up in 2023. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life, one vehicle you've had that really stands out. Could you share something about that car
1: or that racer? Oh, man, one that uh, stands out. I, it's tough because, I, you know, my dad owning a car dealership, I was always taught never get attached to vehicles. Because <laughs> yeah, because you're going to sell it. They're, they're not going to be around long. I mean, uh, I love my first truck. I had a four, 87 Ford Ranger, and we put kind of a lift on it, and I went out and off-roaded the crap out of that thing, and I learned how to drive in that truck uh it was, it was a complete pile but i learned <laughs> so i love that probably my first real truck that i bought new it was a it was a 99 ford f150 and I had a 6 shift uh four wheel drive and i put probably 150,000 miles on that truck wow and i love that and i still see it driving around my hometown to this day and uh, it's probably got to have Half million miles on it at this point, and uh, I've always laughed, going, "You know what? I'm going to buy that truck back at some point." So bright red F one fifty regular cab with a stick shift, and for some odd reason, there's nothing special about the truck, but uh, it was just one of those. It was my first real new, my first vehicle I ever bought that was new, and so. You know, it's kind of eh, it's got a special place in my heart. But as far as like vehicles, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I get attached to them for about 15 minutes, and then I have <laughs> he sells it or comes and makes me a decent offer to sell it, and then uh, you know, and then get something else. So it's just I, I'm a car person, and to a fault, <laughs> where have a lot of turnover between UTVs and and motorcycles and cars there, there's always a revolving door of vehicles coming in and out so yeah
0: well that goes back to your family uh, dealership ownership and I think that's absolutely true we had a guy on our street that ran and owned a Chevy dealership and you know he'd drive home a different car every day and I would get excited about it and then a week later I'd say what happened to that yellow Z28 oh i sold it Why would you sell that? Well, I'm a car dealer. That's why. (laughs) So That's what we do. But yeah, I've been the opposite. I keep cars for a long, 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 long time. Um, I don't know. I get attached as well. But uh, there you go. Uh, You're you're probably a lot wiser because you've had a lot more experiences. I'm going to be your car psychologist today. I've got a doctorate in this deal. I'm going to crawl into your head. If you were manifest or reincarnated as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be, though, Jim. Uh, This is... How you perceive yourself deep down inside? What would you be and why?
1: Not what I want to be because I know what that would be. Well, of course, we all want to be a sexy, sleek something, right? What am I? Uh, probably a little bit. Uh, I would say probably a Ford F one hundred and fifty, but you got to get the trim level right, you know. So I <laughs> kind of that Ford F one hundred and fifty. I'm a workhorse. I got no problem, uh, you know, putting in the work, uh, getting a little beat up. I wouldn't be like a platinum edition because that's just a little too polished. Nobody wants to get that dirty. I'd probably be more like a Lariat where it's got got some nice features and things like that, but you still don't have a problem going and getting out in the mud and taking it and, and getting a little ding or a dent, or, you know, we call them grease with stripes down the side. So I'd be like an, a full drive F-150, but probably like a Lariat trim level or something like that. Like still a little rough around the edges, not quite as refined as uh, as some might like.
0: All right. That's a good answer to that. Huh? Kind of what I expected from you. So there you go. How about a great book? We love books. Here's a, perhaps a great book you've cracked open and enjoyed that you'd like to share.
1: I mean, I, I've got a couple. I would say anything that my friend Alex Striller has written. Uh, he does. Uh, he writes motorsports uh, marketing books. Phenomenal if you're looking for content on motorsports marketing. Uh, probably in the last couple of years. Uh, one of my favorite books I've read, though. Absolute phenomenal read is uh, Shoe Dog. Uh, Phil Knight from Nike. And uh, talks about the struggles that, you know, starting a company and, you know, literally paycheck to paycheck and uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul and, uh, you know, and how Nike, you know, grew from literally a guy. You know, that had nothing to where it is today and phenomenal read. I would definitely say Shoe Dog, uh, the Phil Knight story is probably one of my favorite books the last couple of years.
0: You know, a lot of people, and those are great books. Uh, there's a couple others about, you know, people super successful that you don't know about their background. Another was uh, Howard Schultz with Starbucks and uh, One Cup at a Time or Pour Your Heart Into. I forget the title of that book is, but same kind of thing. But yeah, Shoe Dog is great. Uh, you start to realize what it really takes to build an empire like that. And, how those breakthrough moments come through, but how close they come almost every day to the whole thing caving in. Uh it's incredible. So two great books. Um real quickly, how do you spell Alex's last name so I get his books right?
1: Alex uh Striller. It's S T R I L E R.
0: So let's go on the ultimate drive. You've been on a lot of Ultimate Drives with all your racing and your driving, but today I'm the benefactor. I'm gonna write a check doesn't matter what it costs i'm going to provide you with any vehicle you can go anywhere and you can take anybody even somebody from the past who's not with us anymore which makes the ride very interesting so what does the ultimate drive look like for you
1: man the ultimate drive i guess you know vehicle wouldn't matter as much you know something fun biggest thing is i definitely take my grandpa i had a phenomenal relationship with my grandpa growing up and uh you know, he passed away uh, 11, 12, 13 years ago, kind of before I started my company. And there's been so many times he was my dad's mentor. And my dad and me and my grandpa were all three very, very close. But my grandpa never got to kind of this phase of my life. And there's been so many times I've wanted to pick his brain. I have wanted to ask him questions. And people that knew my grandpa say I'm a complete mix of my dad, my grandpa, who are both kind of polar opposites. And if you know I'm literally a 50 50 mix of the two of them. And uh, so, you know, I would definitely say my grandpa would be a blast because he was an adventurer, He was a traveler, very much like me. And I don't know, you know, there's so many places I'd love to go. He loved Europe. It'd be fun to drive around Europe because I've never really experienced Europe. But honestly, just even a coast to coast drive, you know, Los Angeles to, uh, to New York City type of thing would be fun, I think, with a lot of stops along the way.
0: Yeah. Just spending some time talking with him. Fantastic. Well, it looks like you got some great pieces of both of your uh, your father and your grandpa, which is pretty darn nice. So uh, a nice uh, evolution, if you will. So that would be super cool. Well, you've taken us on a great trip today. I'm really glad that we connected. And I want to do a shout out to a mutual friend, Matt Martelli. He's a past guest here on Car Show at Mad Media. He introduced me to Jim. So Matt, Thank you very much. Before I let you go today, Jim, could you share some parting words of wisdom or advice or a mantra that might uh, inspire some folks listening today?
1: Oh man, words of advice would just say, keep, uh, keep, keep pushing forward. If you're looking to, whether you're looking to start a race program, you're looking to start a company, entrepreneur stuff, whatever it may be. I mean, the biggest thing is there's going to be struggles. Just you got to keep going. There's days when you want to close the doors, man, there was more, more days than not, you know, and honestly, Matt, was uh, you mentioned Matt Martelli, who's a very close friend of mine. He was one of the guys who kept going. And, you know, I'm six months, two years in, things are rough. Matt just said, Jimmy, you just got to keep pushing, keep pushing. He goes, guarantee you, he goes, three to five years from now, he goes, we're going to be having completely different conversations. And he right. You know, I just kept pushing, and you're going to have bad days, you're going to have bad weeks, bad months bad years. <laughs> yeah. but Yeah. If you just keep pushing on, uh, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. You just may see, you not see it right now, but at some point the light will be there and it'll get brighter and brighter. So you just got to keep pushing on.
0: Absolutely. Uh, it's akin to what I, I've interviewed hundreds of racers and every one of them says a similar thing or these words, never, ever, never, ever give up. And I keep pushing forward the words of a racer, uh, words of a great business person. So thanks for that advice. How can people learn more about jb15 group and everything you do
1: yeah um uh, I mean, obviously you can go follow me on social media it's at jim beaver 15 that's the easiest way obviously i've got a bunch of you know i've got a link tree in my account some of our business accounts on the web it's jim beaver 15.com uh, a lot of contact info there we we do we've got a staff rider so lots of daily motorsports content all of our radio shows are posted there you can go to apple podcast jim beaver show give us a sub- uh, subscribe there we're all over SiriusXM 217 uh saturdays and sundays you can uh, find that info out on our website as well
0: there you go yes you are everywhere that's very cool well jim a thanks for spending time with me uh you taught me a lot today and i've really really enjoyed our talk until you and i talk again i'll see you probably somewhere down a dirt road all right thanks a lot mark you're welcome